0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PVA podcast. I am so excited to introduce my next guest, the co-host of Talking Elite Fitness, Sean Woodland. Sean Woodland, could you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick?
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm Sean Woodland. I'm co-host of the Talking Elite Fitness podcast <laughs> with my good friend Tommy Marquez and uh, been working in the CrossFit field since 2012. So I'm coming up on my 10th year.
0: Wow. Uh, 10 years in the sport. And so what got you into the CrossFit space? Cause I know you've been in sports media for quite some time now, mm-hmm. almost 20 years, right?
1: Um, I've been doing TV for yeah. Well, about half my life, like more than half my life, 24 years.
0: Wow. Wow. So what got you to transition into going into, cause you've done it all you've done. You've been a part of, you've seen super bowls. I was reading your bio on the talking elite fitness. Yeah. You've been a part of some amazing sporting events, but what got you to really focus on CrossFit in the last 10 years?
1: My first introduction with CrossFit was back in 2007. And I was working at the time in Jacksonville, Florida. And I was working in the sports department of this independent station. It used to be CBS affiliate, WJXT. And one of the guys in my department, one of our producers slash photogs, his wife was a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And I had been working out the same way for the, I don't know, last 20 some odd, 25 years, like everybody did going to globo gym and, you know, Monday's chest and Tuesday's arms and Wednesday's back and Thursday shoulders. And maybe you do a leg day, but you know, maybe run on the treadmill. And then I played some hockey and that was about it. And I had just gotten tired of doing the same old thing over and over and over again. And the guy who I worked with in my department, he said, Hey, you should check out this thing. My wife just started teaching. It's called CrossFit. I go, okay, well, what's that? And he goes, well, you go to this website, cross it.com and they put a workout on there and then you do that workout and that's your workout of the day. I went, okay, that sounds cool. I'll check it out. And I, mm-hmm. so I looked at it and I, went, and, and I can't remember what the workout was, but it was something with kettlebells. I go, okay, I don't even know what that is. And this doesn't seem like it's too hard. So I don't know. Um, and so I kind of blew it off and then I eventually ended up going and, uh, training with her mm-hmm. and she wasn't, you know, didn't have an L1, but had started using a lot of the principles that were taught in CrossFit, a lot of the lifts, a lot of the movements, um. Know, same type of uh, training style. And I remember I went in and my first day she taught me how to squat badly. You know, I was still I had a lot, I needed a lot of work to be done cuz no one ever showed me how to do it properly. And had me do just 10 minutes of Cindy and I almost died. And I was like, oh, okay, clearly this is something new that I need to check out and I was mm-hmm. hooked because I hadn't worked out and felt that way in a gym ever. And I just got, I went all into it. I was on the website all the time. I was, uh, you know, and that was the first year of the game. So it was before everything kind of blew up. And I was, I was trying to find, you know, independent gyms that were out there. And at the time there were no actual brick and mortar gyms in Jacksonville. There was one sort of virtual affiliate called CrossFit East that I think was the second or third affiliate ever, Uh, but they were just online. So I was, you know, com programming, going and training with uh, Melissa was her name. And she was Mm -hmm. giving me sort of CrossFit style workouts. Watching all the videos, loved it. Uh, and so that was my introduction to actual CrossFit training. And then getting into the media side, that happened sort of right place, right time. I was, I had moved back to California in May of 2010.
0: Are you from um, California originally?
1: I am. I grew up in Sacramento. So okay. I, uh, I was living in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. I had the TV station in 2008 when the economy tanked. I, had, I was the weekend guy and I'd been there eight years. And I knew I was making more than they wanted to pay that position just Mm. by virtue of the fact that I had been there so long. Yeah. So they, I knew that they had a target on my back. And so they chose not to renew my contract. I got into PR and marketing for a quick stint. And then through this weird confluence of events was able to move back home, be closer to home uh, to my parents who my dad was dealing with some health issues at the time. So it was good that I could get, I could get back home and help out. And I was still doing PR and marketing. Um, and still did some freelance media stuff for Comcast Sports Bay Area. I went to the games in 2011 as a fan and sat in the stands and I thought it was a cool thing. Like I'm actually here. And I I went with my old college roommate who I actually reconnected with through CrossFit, which was cool. And I remember sitting in the stadium and I think it was a killer cage event. And I looked out on the floor and they had all these cameras and there was Rory McKernan and and Miranda Oldroyd at the time. They had (laughs) their ESPN mic flags and I'm, like I immediately sat up in my chair and went, okay, wait, what's going on? Are they broadcasting this? I got to get, I have to get involved in this. And so I got home and I sent off a random email to media at CrossFit.com and just told them who I was and what my background was and the experience that I had in, in sports media. And that was August of 2011. And I didn't hear anything. And then, February of 2012 rolls around and the gym I was going to in Fair Oaks, California, which is a suburb of, of mm. Sacramento. Yeah. The owner of the gym, I'd been going there for a little while. And the owner said, Hey, do you want to go get your level one? I'll pay for half. You can pay for the other half. And then you can coach and you'll have a free membership. I was like, that sounds like a good deal. I'll do like, that. That's
0: like probably like one of the best deals. Like, Hey, yeah, I'll pay for yeah, half, like, like your certification. Sure.
1: And I can work out for free. Fine. I'm in. So I went to the university of Nevada, Reno for the weekend, you know, level one seminar mm-hmm. and Pat Sherwood, was one of the instructors. And Dave Eubanks was there as well, who's now a really good friend of mine. And Pat, you know, at the time was doing media stuff. And so at one of the breaks, I worked up the guts to go talk to him because I said, if I don't, you know, if I walk out of here and I don't at least ask, I'm really going to be pissed at myself. I went up to him at the break and I said, Hey, really curious about how you got into the media side of things. He explained, he told me that they just sort of recruited him into it. Mm -hmm. I told him that, I, you know, here's my background. This is what I've done. I'd love to get involved somehow. Who do I need to talk to about doing that? And he, he said, just send me your information. Here's my email address and and I'll forward it. And at the time I kind of thought he was blowing me off. And I was like, I couldn't really blame him. Probably gets a lot of that. Went home, sent the email and he responded. He said, Hey, thanks, man. I'll forward this on. And to his credit, he did. So in May, was it May, April, it was April, April of 2012. I'm sitting at my desk and I get a call from a Las Vegas number on my cell phone that I don't recognize. And I said, okay, well, I'll pick it up.
0: And it's not and like 2021 where you can actually don't, you might just be a telemarketer. It right. actually is someone super important. Yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm like, all right, Las Vegas, who's this? Picked it up. And it was Rory McKernan. Oh, wow. And so I mean, you like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Go. <laughs> and I, and I, I like ran out the side door to take this call. And he said, Hey, man, uh, been meaning to call you for a while. We got your email back in August. So he had actually gotten my original email, just never got a hold of me. He goes, but we got your information from Pat Sherwood. We're putting together a media team to go and do this was at the time where they had 17 regionals and they were going to use the Central East Regional as their warm up for the ESPN broadcast of the games that year in 2012. They said, Would you want to be involved? And I'm like, Absolutely, I want to be involved. Not is that even, even a question? About, is that right, even a question? <laughs> Not even thinking about how am I going to get the time off or how am I going to work? I, yes, I'm in. And so long story short, they had me do, they had like a million people on the media team go to that event. And I said, I'm just going to go and just do my thing. So they had me do play-by-play for the women's competition. Uh, and it was a great competition. Julie Fouché was one of the athletes there and, and she oh. was really on the ascent. Um, and they, I was the only guy there who had a foot in both worlds, who knew broadcast and CrossFit. So that really helped me. They liked the work that I did, and then I started you know, helping them out during regionals, and I uh, was helping them cut the recap videos. And one thing led to another, and in 2013 in January, they hired me full time. So oh man! That's so a, then you, that's the long version of it.
0: <laughs> so at that point, you took the full time jump. Was it? Were you married at the time? Because I know uh, I was
1: not. You were not no, married dating, at the time. Dating my my then to be or my soon to be wife. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So I mean, at least luckily, you still had, you were just dating, so you didn't have the full responsibility mm-hmm. of. Uh, getting that on, but I mean, so you took the jump. I mean, that's a huge, like you're, I'm guessing you were taking a pretty stable salary to just go follow your dream again.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, and I was never really enamored with the PR advertising world. I was sort of, I, it was a job. Actually it's funny. My wife and I were talking about this today. It was a job and I was saying, okay, I'm going to do as best as I can at this job and I'm going to use it to make money and that's it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can keep a foot in the media world and, and maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I had, I talked to Tony Budding at the time, who was the guy who ran the department. And I told him, you know, I go, I'm, I don't want to do this. If this is something that's going to be, you know, two years and I'm out, I, I don't want another job. I want to mm-hmm. make this my career. He goes, yep. He goes, I'm not here to make, to make this fail. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. And, and, uh, it, my wife or my girlfriend at the time, um, she wound up sort of, she was working at Citrus Heights in the in the police department there. Mm-hmm. So she would, and if you know anything about California geography, yeah. that's like a three hour drive from Citrus Heights yeah. to Santa Cruz. It's a mission. And she would, she would like commute on her days off and come stay with me. And it was, I don't know how we did it. I don't know how she did it. And I, you know, to this day, I'm thankful that she stuck with me. But that, that was basically it. I, I had a shot and I'm, I'm going, I got to take this. You know, I, I got to go. Because if I don't, I'm really going to regret it. That's,
0: that's, I mean, that's awesome. I love hearing stories like that too. But as like you were saying, so you're there, you, you wanted this to be your career. Mm-hmm. So you're at, you say you don't want two years. So you surpass that two-year mark, you surpass yeah. that three-year mark and you're deep into the media team and 2018 mm-hmm. comes along. Yeah. How was that transition compared to now as like you're being brought back in?
1: It was a, it was really a shock. And I I tell people you kind of have to look at it, given everything that was going on then. Mm -hmm. 2018 for us, from a media standpoint, was what we had worked so hard to get to. Mm -hmm. Go back to regionals that year, and we were on CBS and CBS Sports Network live. They wanted content previewing all the regionals that they could run on CBS Sports Network. Mm -hmm. So we provided that. And there was interest going into the games. There was talk that they wanted more the following year. They wanted open content. They wanted uh, regional content. They wanted you know, games. They wanted the whole nine yards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there, so going into the games in 2018, that's when the whispers started that things were going to change. That, we knew going into the games that regionals were going away. And what we figured was going to happen is that they would then use some of these established events to sort of fill that void. Basically what's happening now. Yeah. And they would keep the same season structure and the media team would still be there. And uh, so we we were, we kind of said, okay, I remember in Madison good beginning pulled aside by uh, Joe Novello, who's still working across it. And they brought him back. He was the coordinating producer at the time of the games. And there was talk that, you know, I never forget. He came into my office. This is before that came into my office before the games happened. He said, look, this weird stuff's going on. Greg's having a fit. We don't know what's happening. And I said, well, I, do I need to polish off my resume? He goes, I don't think we're going to get to that point, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, hindsight. And then there was, there was some doubt. And then we got to the games and Facebook was really interested about, and uh, in having some content. So they were going to put up a bunch of money. So we left, we left Madison thinking, okay, we're going to be all right. Facebook's coming in. They have some money. They're going to make this thing happen. And that's when, you know, everything went terribly. We, you know, we had that first round of layoffs and then we were all questioning as to whether or not we were still going to be there. Um, There were a lot of rumors flying around and it was, you know, one day we thought, okay, maybe we're going to be okay. And the next day we're like, no, we're getting fired. And then then October 12th, I think it was, because it was like the day after I had surgery to create, uh, to fix a deviated septum. So I had just had surgery. And that, that next day is when I got the call from uh, my friend, Charlie, who said, yeah, man, they're, it's over. And so I was like, all right. And then that Sunday is when I got the email from HR that you have a meeting on Monday and, and we all got let go. And then I had to I had to stay until December 1st to finish uh, with a couple other people, finish the shows that we were doing for CBS Sports Network because we were contractually obligated to provide yeah. those for them. And yeah, it was a shock. It was a real shock because it, it was – things were going so well. It wasn't like, you know, I'm sure you've had this experience where, you know, like, all right, this is, isn't working and it's yeah. not, we'll just ride this thing to the end, but everything was going so well. And then to have that happen, it, it was definitely a shock. And then it's, it's cool now being brought back in working for uh, Hamilton road productions. They're basically the production house that CrossFit yeah. is using. I'm working with all the same people that I worked with before we left CrossFit plus some new people, hmm. but we are at, the HQ building or the old uh, home office building in Scott's Valley. So that, that was a little surreal walking back into that place, but there's uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie, you ever seen the old movie Poltergeist?
0: Uh, no, I haven't.
1: Okay. Well, there's this, there's a it's Steven Spielberg horror movie called Poltergeist, great movie. And there's a scene where this little woman named Zelda, who's like the psychic. Once they get rid of the the ghosts and the all the evil, she walks into the house and she just has this line. She says like, "This house is clean," and that's how I feel walking in there. It's, it's like all <laughs> the demons have kind of an exercise, yeah. And it's a much different environment uh, in that the media has the support from the entire CrossFit organization. It's not just you know Games is trying to make this work and not upset Greg. Yeah. Um, Greg was actively not you know, he's working against us. Now everyone is pulling on the on the same rope, and it's a it's a much Better situation and a much better feeling. I think they're really committed to making it work.
0: So right after, right after that, you and Tommy, I'm guessing you guys built your friendship while you guys were both at um CrossFit HQ together because he was on the produ- he was on the producer side, you were, um, and analyst side, and you guys were doing some shows together at the time as well, I believe, right? Yes. Yep. Um. So you guys yep. decide to hey, we got to do something to keep keep the ball rolling for you guys. Have listened to. A- pretty much all of your podcasts i'm not gonna lie um and i hear and in the patreons and everything else and hearing you guys talk about we just didn't want to get forgotten essentially you just wanted to stay relevant
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because at the time so so going back to the roller coaster there was talk serious talk that img the company that owns the the ufc Mm -hmm. they were in negotiations to buy out the game side of crossfit and then they would provide the media. And I had spoken directly with them on numerous occasions about coming on board. And it was always, the deal's going to get done. We're almost there. There's, we just got to dot some I's and cross the T's. And the lawyers need to make sure they're happy. And we want you on board. We want you to be doing this. And that, that lasted, like that kept going all the way, started in October and went all the way through, I think, April of 2019. So while that was happening, Tommy and I were trying to figure out, okay, how do we stay relevant so that when if, and when this does happen, mm-hmm. they can say, Oh yeah, you guys are still around. We want you to be part of
0: it. Yeah, and you're not, you're not like forgotten has-beens or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Right. We, we so just well.
1: wanted to, yeah. Well, we just wanted to stay relevant. And the thing that we sort of settled on after talking about what we could do was a, was a podcast. Cause we just said something we'd always wanted to do. Tommy was always pitching that idea that mm-hmm. we you never, know, we never got to do it. And now we could, we had a chance and you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We scrounge up some equipment and just got you know, started. Yeah. And You know, it was never meant to be what it is now, but we're certainly happy it is. Mm -hmm. And we really love doing it, but it was just a means for us to stay out in front and stay relevant and just cover the sport so that when it did come back, when IMG did take over, which obviously they didn't, Mm -hmm. uh, we would, we'd be the guys who were the first on their list.
0: And then are you guys full-time with the podcast or I know that you, you're now working as well with CrossFit and I know you guys have some sponsors, but I don't know. Are you guys full-time or no?
1: I mean, I wouldn't call it full-time. It's, it is definitely a job now. Yeah. Uh, we have to keep budgets and keep track of our shows and make sure we're keeping sponsors happy. And um, you know, we have time to do other things. Tommy does his stuff with morning chalk up and with mm-hmm. Hamilton roads. And I do this stuff with Hamilton roads and I'll still do, some freelance things here and there that aren't involved, that don't involve CrossFit, that aren't a conflict. But it is definitely turned into a job. You know, I never thought that I'd have to keep a budget. I never thought that we'd have, we were like, you know, maybe if we get one sponsor, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we can do that. All right, sweet. And then we got a couple pretty quickly, you know, small, smaller ones, but Mm -hmm. certainly thankful for them. And I couldn't believe that people wanted to pay us money for us to read their ads. I was like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And it just, yeah, it sort of snowballed.
0: You guys, I mean, you guys are now a trending top 10 fitness podcast, like pretty continuous. <laughs> I didn't know that really. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's wow, certain times man. where like um, where I'll be looking through and I'll be finding stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like talking about fitness is the top of my page and maybe That's it's crazy. just all the algorithms, but it's yeah. like constantly, constantly, constantly popping up. I mean, and you guys have made, I mean, the community that you guys have built uh, through your Patreon, through your YouTube, through your Spotify, through your podcast, through everything. I mean, it's, I mean, people want to hear your voices and you guys are people who ever, a lot of people are looking up to, which is crazy to think about now, right? As, as, no, as, you, as you first thought it was just going to be something to stay relevant. Yeah. Um, go ahead.
1: No, I, that you're absolutely right. I mean, it just, it blows me away, all that stuff. And you know, we're certainly thankful for everybody that, that listens to the show and everyone who supports us. And, and I think that we had a little bit of an advantage when you know, everything did go south and the, the landscape changed drastically. Is that people were used to watching us and mm-hmm. it wasn't like we had to build this thing from nothing. It was essentially just trans uh, transferring what we did at HQ over to this format.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you guys? Um, so, as like this whole transition happened, the thoughts of possibly getting sold, uh, they're possibly getting the CrossFit Games being sold to another company. And all this conversation, you guys are in the mix of it all, right? I mean, you guys yeah. are still being talked to. You guys are still being, all this is going on. And then 2020 rolls around. I mean, first of all, you become a dad. Let's just say that. That's like the most important <laughs> thing. Let's like put yeah. that in a box. That's like number yeah. one. Let's put that at number one. Um, you became a dad to uh, your little boy. And then you, we hear the change of CrossFit has now is getting ready to go through transition um how has that impacted your guys's community on your podcast level and then as well as your 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 entire idea of the sport
1: yeah we it was funny because going into i mean 2020 was such a mess but we had you know, we had one year under our belts so we had 2019 under our belts and okay like we we know, kind of know what the season's going to be we have more sanctioned events this year and we were we were planning out this calendar of how we we're going to cover all this and still thinking that we got to figure like someone's got to rescue this because this is not trending in the right direction. Yeah. And I was, I would have bet we, and I even said, it. I remember saying it, I thought Greg would white knuckle this thing to the bitter end. I didn't think there was any way he was going to sell. And I remember when the whole, all that stuff happened over the summer with the the tweets and the the leaked uh, audio and just the, the disaster that that was, I had people texting me going, there's no way he's going to sell. I said, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's just, there's no way. And
0: mm.
1: probably something else is going to emerge in its place. And I think you saw some people try to position themselves to make that happen. And then when we, we heard Rosa had bought it, I went, you've got to be kidding me. He actually sold. And then the more that I, I read about Eric, the more I thought this is best case scenario. Because I think mm. everyone's worst fear was that you would get this guy or this group that was just looking to come in and make a quick buck. You know, just or like saw the Disney, of Disney
0: coming in and buying in and just doing whatever yeah. they wanted with it.
1: Yeah, a company that didn't really get the community and didn't yeah. understand what this was all about. And to get someone from within the community who runs an affiliate, who has experience running a business, who, uh, you know, believed in all the things that CrossFit was about, but did it in a way that was a lot more friendly and welcoming than, than Greg did it was unbelievable. And, and it's the, the impact that I think that had that had on us in the community is I think there was finally a sense of optimism. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, finally, this thing is going to move in the right direction. Now, there were a lot of unknowns, like, what are they going to do with, you know, they had a lot of fires they had to put out before they even got to what they were going to do to the games, yeah. or what they're going to do with that. But it, the more I, I listened to people who had spoken to him, and then when we got an opportunity to speak to him, I really felt good about him being in control of this and i know there's still things that they're trying to work on but i i think it really just it the community i think felt that they were on you know the titanic that was on fire that had just hit the iceberg with a meteor on its way and it sort of stabilized everything and so it was I, it was good for us because we didn't have to we didn't have to worry about um how, you know, how much lower is this thing going to get? It was now, where is this now? How are we going to, yeah. how is it going to move up? Because it was very clear that there was a plan in place and that, and that Eric wanted to, uh, to build this thing back to where it was. And that was super encouraging. And I, and I think for the, when that happened for the first time in a while, we had a sense of optimism about where this thing was going to go.
0: And you said that he is 100% on board with the media team now as well, correct?
1: Yeah. Yes. 100%. He was at the, uh, you know, he was at the last opening announcement. Came up and you know gave me a hug, talked to me, talked to Neil, talked mm-hmm. to Andy Sakamoto, talked to everybody there. He's a fan of the sport. Uh, they, uh, the board, like Eric and his people, understand the value of putting out media, and they get that you know, the games are the tip of the spear. And this is really, it's about the affiliates. But mm-hmm. they do, I think, understand that showing off the games, showing off the tip of the spear, and getting people into the sport is a gateway to get them into affiliates. And, uh, I'm really, I'm really excited about it because I, I, you know, after what happened with Greg, it's, there's a lot of sort of, is this, you know, is Lucy going to pull the football away again? And the, the more I see and the more I hear, they are absolutely committed to making this work.
0: That is, um, and it's so good to hear though, especially knowing all the work that's been done in the past and a lot of legwork that's been done in the past. So kind of jumping right back into it, you got a lot of the same team, a lot of new guys too. Uh, Something that I remember talking to uh, an affiliate owner was the fear of like HQs, like internal organization, not changing. Like, although there's, there's, there's a, there's the king at the top, but there's everybody else below him that, I mean, essentially it had been going on for years. Right. So Mm -hmm. who who knows? Um, I think that's something that maybe you might not know anything about, and maybe it's something that you might not have anything to say about it, but do you?
1: You know, I, I do know that in the conversations I've had with people, there are things that they are trying to do to make sure that they better support the affili- the affiliates without being uh, overbearing. Mm-hmm. And they still want to make sure that people run the businesses the way that they need to run it that's best for their local community because what works in, you know, and where I live is might not work where you know, in Latin America might not work mm-hmm. in Europe. So they're very. I know they're very interested in, in keeping that independence, but they're also very interested in providing them with resources that, if they want, they can use to make sure that they're running their business the most in the most effective fashion that mm-hmm. they can. You know, best practices, things like that, but that they don't force on people. And I know they they are listening um, to the community. They, you, you look at the people they brought on board, a guy like Austin Maliolo to help out with affiliates, and he's been he's a guy who's been steeped in this for a long time. He's run affiliates. He knows all about the methodology. He's been on. level one seminar staff, been at the games, they really um, are trying, I I know they listen and they're taking things to heart and they are interested in making things um, different from, from, for the affiliates from a support standpoint, but not in the, in the way that they, that they're meddling in their business, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Keep still allowing them to be independent businesses, do what they want to do. I just talked with Andrew Charlesworth, who's actually on um, seminar staff as well. And he was saying the exact same thing. We love being able to do our own thing and we don't want anybody breathing down our necks. We don't want anybody right. telling what I can and can't do with my members. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, I think that a lot of people just want more, what are they paying for kind of thing, you know?
1: Exactly. Um, and I think they know that too. Yeah. I you know Eric is, in our interview with him i remember him saying that like, we we you know we have to give people more than okay you're just going to slap the name on your building and then and, mm. and we back off and have at it and then they they get that i think they get that loud and clear
0: so what are your guys' plans for what's your plans not only with the podcast but with the with all the games and everything else you want to stay on for quite a long time now right now that you're back on with the crossfit oh, yeah. media team you want to stay on
1: oh 100% and and, and it's so cool to to and we'll, I'll I'll talk about the media side first, and I'll talk about the podcast second. But it's so cool to be back doing something that we did not get to end the way that we wanted to end it. We got the rug pulled out from under us as we were just getting to the level where we wanted yeah. to be, and now you know we have the chance to pick up where we left off and you know, pick up the pieces and, and rebuild and do it with the support of you know ownership that is and management that is really interested in making this happen. You know, mm-hmm. Eric is a fan of the games. He, he loves it. He's not yeah. going to call it the, you know, the clown with the balloons out front of the car dealership. Like <laughs> the um, oh, so it's, yeah, it's, it is, it's great to be back. And it, it's great to have that opportunity because you, you look at the people that are, who are involved and they have the right people doing this now. Mm-hmm from the media standpoint, you know, they have people who know how to make it work and there's, there's still interest from a network level. I know CBS is, is certainly interested. They, they were really upset that everything that happened in 2018 happened because they wanted to help grow this sport. They were a great partner. Uh, And I know they're, you know, they're interested again. In fact, you know, they had some of the games on last year in 2020. So that, that relationship is getting rebuilt. And I think that this, can last for a while. We have work to do because yeah. I think people rightfully so after everything happened and things changed, they kind of tuned out and we had to earn them back. And I think the open was a really good way to do that. It was a great start with the three announcements that we were able to put out there and the production mm-hmm. level. That, that I think people expect from those. Um, so that was, that was a good, a really good start. Quarterfinals will be next and the semifinals and hopefully a more events than not will be held in person and we'll have Mm -hmm. coverage of those. And then we get to the games and I think people are going to be really happy with what they're planning for that. And that's assuming that we can go somewhat close to full tilt, given what's going on uh, with COVID and and things seem to be getting a little better, fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the the podcast is concerned, Tommy and I have been lucky enough that our involvement with Hamilton roads has not interfered with our podcast. In fact, that was sort of a condition. I, I was saying, if I'm coming back, you guys, I got to be able to do this because it's been really good to us and we want to continue to do it. We want to continue to, to uh, have a voice in the community and hopefully keep people updated. And, and we'll do that with the media stuff that we do for Hamilton Road, but we just can't go as in depth with it as we can with the podcast. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to growing our podcast in, in a way that makes sense. And, and we've talked, Tommy and I have had conversations about how we do that, but how we do it the right way and we just don't want to like get bigger just to get bigger. We want to, if we can do it and it makes sense, uh, we might think about uh, doing some stuff. But right now, I think we're really happy with with where we are. And once things get back to you know full on normal, yeah. where we can start traveling more, because that was one of the fun th- fun things that we got to do in 2019. Uh, he, we went to you know Ireland for the Filthy 150 and and hung out there and got to interact with people. And and that's what I really miss. And I'm hope that there are opportunities to do that more as as restrictions loosen up a little bit. Uh,
0: Kind of going back to the media side of it, is the media team planning on traveling with the regional game or not the regional, I I guess the quarter or the semifinals and things like that or not yet?
1: So the way that I understand it is that we are not the media team. So Hamilton Road Productions is not really contracted to do any of the semifinals yet. Uh, They are, I think they're putting out requests for proposals to different people mm-hmm. uh, CrossFit is different production companies. And then I think what is going to happen is that they will figure out, okay, these are the production companies that we want to produce these semifinals. Well, and then they will sort of hand them a list of, if you want to hire on air people, these are the people we would prefer you hire.
0: These are the, but yeah, this is CrossFit, the, like the recommended list. Right.
1: Yeah. I, CrossFit is not going, going to run the production. They are going to hire that out and then who's involved in that. I'm not sure how that's going to work.
0: Yeah. Well, um, what is something you would say to a young, uh, content creator who's trying to make his name in the CrossFit space? And I'm not talking about myself. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> you
1: know, I, I've, my brother is a couple of years younger than me and, he, and he's in the video game business and has done really well for himself. And he has, a, he told, he said something to me one time, cause we talk about just, you know, business and things, you know, if someone gives you an opportunity, take it. And I think that's the most important thing And I, is like, don't turn down an opportunity to do something. Don't, you know, if someone says, hey, man, you want to come do this? Yes, go do it. And then that brings me to the other thing that I would tell people is that a lot of success that I have, the key to success that I found in my life has just been outlasting people. I, I just go back to my time in TV. The only, re, the only reason I got a job out of college is because I was willing to go anywhere. Whereas I had people who graduated with me at San Francisco state from the broadcasting department who were better than me, but they didn't want to leave the Bay area. Well, good luck getting your first job. I was willing to go to Kalispell, Montana. So I went and I figured it out and I did it. And then, you know, while people were dropping off, I'm like, okay, where's the next place. Okay. I'll go to Tallahassee. Awesome. I'll go there and I'll hang out there for a couple of years. And if you just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other, you're going to get knocked down at times. But if you just get back up and keep going, people, people notice that. And most people, once they hit a little bit of adversity, they go someplace else. Uh, and I've just learned that if you just stick with it and you just do your thing, you know, don't, when you first start, I think you have a tendency and we certainly did in broadcasting when, when I first started, it was, you know, sports center was really big. Like, uh um <laughs> Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick, like that must see TV and that yeah. stick. And we were all trying to imitate it and we weren't doing a good job at it, but that's what we knew. And that's what we we're imitating. And then through that, you sort of find your own voice. So just find what you like doing, find what your style is and just stick with it. Um, and when someone gives you an opportunity, you know, take it, even if it's like, Hey, uh, we need someone to help us out in the production side of things for this semifinal. You want to show up? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because people will notice that people, I I've always noticed people who, you know, I'm not impressed with people who do a job that they want to do well. I'm impressed with people who do a job that they don't want to do well. Cause it shows you, all right, that person's got work ethic. That person can give that, give that kid an opportunity. So take it, take whatever opportunities people give you. And then just don't quit. When you get knocked up, knocked up, get knocked down, <laughs> get back up. Um, and it, I've just been amazed. It's Like, man, I just outlasted people. I P, I know people who just got out of the business because they just didn't want to do it anymore. And I was like, well, I don't know how to do anything else, so I'll give this another try. And eventually, you'll be know, banging your head against the wall enough times, it'll 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 pay off.
0: Well, Sean, uh, thank you so much. I mean, it's you my have, pleasure, man. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. Well, is there any Instagrams you want to drop uh, before we close here?
1: Oh, I, I mean, you can follow our podcast with, at Talking Lead Fitness, and I'm at S Woodland fifty three and yeah
0: Perfect. well sean Better uh more. again thank you so much for taking the time out of your day i know you're your dad i know you have so many other responsibilities but uh, i really really appreciate you doing this for me so thanks